Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast for 2017. Very short staff tonight. Uh, messenger currently awaiting evacuation by the Navy from whatever island he's currently camped out on. Uh, Chief, of course, has made his annual appearance, and Mike <laughs> is still hungover from the grand final celebrations last year. But we are very grateful to have a man who is full of optimism for the season this year, despite whatever Jared Waite may or may not be doing. Uh, Kangas forever, welcome aboard. Hi mate, how, how, how you going? Well, uh, there's always a, a small tingle of delight at my uh, at, the, at the fortunes of Jared Waite when he's playing for somebody else. Um, well, thankfully he's not going to be playing for anyone for a while, so we can just avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did say it was going to happen, and uh, it looked like for a minute there like he was going to jump on and be a superstar for North, but reverted back to his old... Uh, his old injury-prone self, and we shouldn't take too much joy in that. We do wish him all the best, but it is kind of amusing in another way. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a, it was an odd first week of footy. Uh, very big on the crowds. Uh, Patrick Keane was very quick out there to tell people that we'd broken the crowd attendance record for a single round. It was four hundred thousand. It wasn't quite the highest average. Uh, that we'd done. There was some, you know, you, there was the usual big supported crowds. There was a few disappointers. Um, where were you guys at for the North Eagles game? Like, what's, uh, what's roughly what? just over the twenty-two thousand mark, which isn't too bad for an interstate game, but mm. a little bit disappointing, no, little nevertheless. Bit. But really, that was probably that and the, the Gold Coast only getting twelve thousand after a fifteen thousand person attendance for the AFLW Grand Final was a bit. Um, <laughs> Bit of a letdown. Quite so, um, I find it quite amusing, but anyway, <laughs> it is it is it is quite amusing. Uh, TV ratings, of course, are a little bit of a hit and miss. Uh, the free to air ratings up. The the uh, the pay TV ratings well down on last year, but I think scheduling played a large part of that. And that's neither here nor there. There are some. Um, well, there wasn't really anything big that came out of the week, was there, Kangas? Anything uh, caught uh, your eye? Uh, nothing major, but this. From the perspective of a rival code, not rival code, that's just too nice than NRL. But NRL are considering introducing, say, an 18th man onto the field in terms of an injury sub. And I discussed this earlier on the North Board podcast, so give that a listen if you're North affiliated. But basically, the concept of if there's a major injury to a player and that they cannot complete the match and they're going to be out for a say a week at least, that they should be subbed out for one of the match day emergencies. And that was certainly something interesting and worth considering for the AFL. I'm not sure if they ever go down that way, Wookie. Look, back in the, uh, it wasn't too long ago, we had no interchange at all for the AFL, and then they introduced the 19th man, and he was the interchange, and then we got to the 20th man, and he was also the interchange. Now we've got this ludicrous situation, if you're old-fashioned, like I am, and we've got like half a billion people on the bench already and there's 18 people on the field and I, I just think that we should have we always should have enough players to be able to cover these losses during the game they're not meant to be this rotation system that we've got is not how the system was designed to be and I get why they do it because they can and because we've got this you know relatively unlimited interchange thing going which is gradually coming down but eventually I think it's um you know, I don't care if the if the concussion play comes from the interchange bench, like the replacement, but I don't think we should be going any further than that. 
but okay, that's my own thing. But you brought up the NRL, and they're going to uh, their, their pay their their players are notably going for the same uh, percentage of revenue thing that ever seems to be all the all the all the rage these days. And uh, they're, they're looking to move their average. The AFL's uh, sorry, the NRL has made a pay claim to put them up to three hundred thousand average a year with a minimum payment of a hundred grand. Mm, interesting. Which which isn't bad. They reckon there'll be a lot of million dollar players running around the NRL. Which is interesting considering a lot of the games don't get more than ten thousand people to them. But anyway, that's enough of discussion. They, they do rate well on the TV though, in general, especially on uh, Fox League is dominating the uh, pay TV channels at the moment, where the AFL traditionally has on Fox Footy. So it's uh, it's an interesting uh, thing. Why don't we have a quick look at last week's games? Uh, before we move on, well, we start off with our fa- my favourite game of the week. No, yes. uh, Richmond beating the Blues. How did you see that, Wookie? Look, um, I was initially very, very annoyed with the game. It, it, I haven't been impressed with Carlton's preseason for the last year or two. Uh, I think they squander the preseason. They fail to uh, sell hope to their their um, their supporters and their members, and then wonder why their memberships aren't that high. And I think because the, the club refuses to appeal to the, the casual supporter that you need to convert to a member. but uh, And it doesn't help when you go into round one and you play like a bunch of morons for half for half the game. And honestly, I was going to turn the game off at halftime. I was like, we were staring down the middle of a 40-point you know, 40 loss at that point, um, which isn't far off what it ended up being anyway. But it looked like there was no no hope, no... No shining. I mean, you had Weedering uh, playing forward, and that doesn't impress me because it's never a good sign when you have to take your key backman and play him forward. But you know, there you go. He played well. He did play well. He did play well. And he did, and he did good. But I'm not. I'm not really supportive of the idea of taking a guy that you drafted as one of the best young backmen in the country. And going, well, you know what? We're going to play forward now. <laughs> like, and then you put Simon White as the full back, and then you got concerns right there. Well, Simon, <laughs> Simon White, for all of his uh, for all of his detractors, he, he he tries hard and he plays well, and he does what he, he he does what he's supposed to do in general. But as a key backman, he's probably not the man for the job. And when you, when your other key backman, Sam Rowe, yeah, yeah, you're in you're in some trouble. Although Rowe did play very uh, very well. Yeah, um, but Weedering, he he took uh, Rance to the cleaners. It was um, being injured and everything. It was that was quite uh, quite good to watch. The second game of the round, Mark, was Collingwood, uh, the Western Bulldogs, uh, and we all enjoy a Collingwood loss here. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know, doesn't matter what team you support. I think we can all get behind that. <laughs> but uh, the Bulldogs continuing on their merry way. Yeah, it was a good tour between midfields. Obviously, the dogs took on an early lead, and then the Pies just fought back. I quite enjoyed the match. The Pies were there in the bounce. They, they did throw everything they had at the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs are just in second gear. They're going to be top four this year quite easily. Well, I, I, I don't understand the, 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 how they're not favourites. I mean, they just won the flag. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you drop down having done nothing wrong? And their style is very unique in that it's just relied on contested football and getting numbers to the ball. That's all it is. It's it's, it's brilliantly simple. It's like people asking if the Giants will make the finals this year, and that thread came up like a week after the grand final. You're just like, how how do people even think of this? Anyway, 
St Kilda uh, played the Bulldogs on Saturday afternoon at, uh, at... Uh, Melbourne St Kilda. Yeah, that was. I didn't catch all of it, but I caught glimpses. St Kilda got out to a bit of a lead, and then they did a bit of a North 2013 and kind of squandered it. Melbourne were very impressive for large parts, but they did get smashed early on, which is going to be part of their year. They're going to be a bit inconsistent now and again. Mm-hmm. 30-point win to uh, the Ds at the end of that, and I think most people expect them to be up and about come finals time this year. I'll say they'll take North spot this year, definitely. Mm. Between them and St Kilda. I'd say they'd take Carlton's spot in the finals this year, but we haven't got one, so... <laughs> That's all right then. Uh, the Swans and Port Adelaide, uh, it, with a bit of a surprise result for some, I think, at the SCG. Uh, good crowd in the weather up there too, given all the NRL crowds and crowds for everything else up there were well down on what was expected due to wet weather. Uh, Sydney getting thirty-three thousand, not a bad effort, and also their spot, their memberships well up as well, well up, well up over fifty odd thousand at the moment. So, but Port Adelaide winning this game by twenty-eight points, bit of a surprise. Uh, very much so. They were very, very good. Once again, they just relied on contested football, and some of their youngsters, they're just they're very good. They've got some... Wines is very good. Power Pepper, he's, he's a great pick-up for them. He, he's a point of difference for them, I honestly like to say that. He is very good. I'll tell you what caught my eye at this game, <laughs> and it's been remarked on Big Footy and in the paper... Uh, David Koch and Malcolm Turnbull were there with the Chinese Premier, uh, trying to basically show him the game before the game goes over to China uh, mid-year. And Koch hung a a scarf, a port scarf, around around the Premier's neck. And the Premier uh, then uh, grabbed a swan scarf and said, look, I've got to be bipartisan on this, and then totally covered up the port scarf with the swan scarf. And there's this photo... Of, of David Koch standing behind the premises looking woefully unimpressed by the whole thing. It's, um... <laughs> oh, there's so much parody there. So don't, don't you know, uh, I don't think Port should be too, you know, yay, China is ours for the taking. It's it's may not be quite that simple. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy the booing that Turnbull got as well. That needs to be noted. <laughs> oh, we're not allowed to boo anymore, so, you know, maybe maybe they make exceptions oh. for... For the premium. Oh, being racist towards Anglo-Saxons. There you go. Being That'll racist do. towards rich men. That's what we are now. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Essendon Hawthorne Saturday night. Um, very um, emotional time for Essendon supporters. Kind of amusement from everybody else. Uh, emotional time perhaps for uh, Jared Roughhead as well, coming back uh, uh, from his cancer scare, and Essendon coming back from being in trouble. Um, for various things that we don't need to go into, <laughs> but uh, it could. But we're just, it's just yeah, we're just we're just tired of it. Uh, but seventy-eight thousand people turned up for this game, which is a pretty good crowd. Um, but designed that way as well. Essendon asked for this fixture, um, and and they wanted a home fixture in the first round, so they got one. But uh, Essendon also surprising some by getting up and winning this one by twenty-five points in the end. Yep, uh, it was. Certainly an interesting match. I quite, I quite enjoyed this match as well. There's a lot of matches I enjoyed, actually, but this one was particularly enjoyable because Essendon, they weren't the cleanest. They weren't the classiest. They just worked hard. They just outran the Hawks in the end by just defensive running and running back forward. 
Yes, Hawthorne did miss a lot of shots and goal, but Essendon did, did deserve the victory because they just worked harder than Hawthorne. So um, on to a game that Messenger... I know Messenger watched. I know he uh, was an av- and he wanted to be here to talk about it tonight. Um, he just obviously you know, stranded wherever he is up north waiting for the army to come and get him. He, uh, he couldn't be here, but he did ask me to express his utter disdain <laughs> for this game. Uh, no, that's not true. He actually said that he loved it. He loved every minute of it. He watched every minute of it, and that's the uh, the Q clash on uh, Saturday night up at uh, Metricon Stadium after the, the women's grand final. And uh, this this game, a very very small crowd. There are some not good signs here after Brisbane held on to win this game by two points in a close game, but not perhaps the best of games. Uh, it should have been that close. Brisbane absolutely thumped them early on. When your leading goal scorer is Ryan Bastonet with three goals, you know it wasn't a great match. It's just, <laughs> I can't add much more to that. So I, I love Bastonet, but he's not a very good player. Messenger did say to say he was enthralled by the whole thing, and uh, he hopes more games are like this, and he hopes that there are more Q clashes. He, he wished that the season was longer so that we could have more Q clashes. Um, he loves saying the name Q clash. It's just, it's one of those things. He, he hated Probably it at first, time. but it's grown on him. It's uh, like Stockholm Syndrome. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on to your game. <laughs> Sunday, oh, Sunday afternoon, North Melbourne versus West Coast. What happened here, my friend? You lost by 43 yeah. points at home Jeez. in front of a yeah, well, okay crowd. Okay, K-ish crowd. Uh, <laughs> first half, we matched it with them quite well, but really... The rudest story was we just bullshitted the football too much. And when the Eagles get on the run, they they get on a big run. They were very accurate, 21 goals, 10. We butchered a lot of our chances in front of goal. Jared Waite with one goal, seven. That's, That's Jared Waite. So 43 points wasn't a fair indicator. If, for example, Waite kicked 7-1 and Kennedy kicked 1-7, we wouldn't be having this discussion, but... That's the way football goes. We just didn't execute skills under pressure, and it, West Coast are very good front runners when they get going. So that's really about it. That's all I can describe in that match. <laughs> well, if many things had happened, we all might be doing different things today. I might, you know, have hair, for example, um, <laughs> but we don't. So here I am, bald. Anyway, I'm not bitter about that. Ninety-nine the hair. I'm not bitter about it or anything, but. Let's face it, God didn't deal me a fair hand, and I'm, I'm unimpressed. Moving on to the second last game of the round, Adelaide uh, played GWS at uh, Adelaide Oval. 40-odd thousand people turned up to the game. Not bad for this. Uh, 43,000, I think, in the end. Biggest crowd GWS have ever played in front of, apparently. But uh, Adelaide winning this one fairly convincingly by 56 points, which is probably something of a surprise over the grand finals. Uh, over the finals from last year. Especially considering that I believe Tex Walker was out. I didn't get to watch the match, but I saw the result. And Tex Walker was out, and I was surprised that they scored as well as they did Adelaide. They're a very good side. Whether they're good enough to do this in September, that's another thing entirely. It's always another thing entirely. Round one really means very little unless you're like Carlton and riding your season off in round one. So... (laughs) Uh, the last game of the round, of course, Fremantle Geelong. This game, of course, being played at Subiaco in uh, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. And, uh, well, Geelong, 
taking the uh, taking the chocolates on this, as they say, uh, by forty-two in the end. Yep. Not much to add. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. It was just one of those things. You blink, you miss it. But uh, the cats got up over Frio. Uh, Matty Pavlich on open mic on Tuesday night. Did you see that? No, I didn't. No, he's, neither did I. I'm going to watch it later though. So <laughs> nothing to talk about there either. <laughs> <laughs> full of insight that's what that's, that's what we're offering insight <laughs> it's, um, uh, did you watch the AFL women's grand final or the AFL women's competition had their W awards on Tuesday night uh, with Erin Phillips being the inaugural winner of the uh, whatever the name of the medal is I, I really should know these things but I don't but in the process uh, after this she proceeded to kiss her partner who was also a woman and this has caused uh, a few comments to come up about uh, how this should set an example for uh, perhaps any gay men in the AFL who might want to come forward and be mm. out in the open yeah so um, well, I, haven't, I haven't heard the debates myself but it is an age where people should be more open about it anyway. It shouldn't be an issue. Well, the fact is that people are discussing it as an issue is concerning still. Well, I don't think anyone's protesting this at all, um, which shouldn't surprise anyone. I mean, this has been widely... It's a good thing. It's been widely accepted uh, across the media. I haven't really seen a bad word against it online anywhere. I mean, it has just been... And I think the same thing would happen to, to the men, I don't see why there would be any difference. But, um, you know, the men have their own reasons for not coming out, and that's, that's you know, that's for them. It's their own prerogative, that's it. Yeah. So, anyway, that season is over, um, and, and it's been a relatively good season. How have you seen the women's season, Mark? Uh Pretty successful, actually. I know I didn't watch the grand final, but I watched most matches, and look, I, I quite enjoyed it. Good contested style of football. Yeah, the skills are lacking. They can't kick as far, but... I enjoyed, quite enjoyed. I think it was a success overall. Mm. So they're going to um, they're going to add, they're going to increase the size of the playing list for 2018. Apparently, it's going to go up from 27 to 28 to probably around 30. Apparently, um, which will enable clubs to carry injuries and things like that as they need to. Um, there will likely be an increase in the number of finals this year. There was just the one final. If they add another final or two, then the season gets extended by a week. Um, the problem with that is it then starts eating into uh, either the season itself or at the other end, the Australian Open, which they really don't want to interfere with, I think for broadcast purposes more than anything else. And also because there's a, there'd be a lack of hype around it from uh, if it's smothered by the tennis or the season starts. So they've got to be uh, careful with that. Um, there's some discussions about upgrading Princess Park a little. Um, like putting permanent lighting in there and doing some work around there to improve it. Also, Collingwood considering playing games out of Victoria Park if the council will let them. Um, but not really a lot of discussion about increasing the number of teams. Sorry, there are North and St Kilda and Geelong in particular. Yes, even though we put a bit of investment into that, we're still not going to get anything out of it. Well, not yet, but you will a year after. So. Well, I Hopefully, yes. We'll wait and see on that one. And so there'll no doubt be rule changes and things like that. But that was the women's season. It rated pretty well. It rated, uh, on average, better than the, the WBBL games did for the season. So 
not too not too bad at all. Crowds were okay, but they were free, as people keep pointing out to me. Um, so we shouldn't really you know count them because they were free. So who cares what the numbers were? And in the end, who does care what the numbers were? People went, and people had a good time, and. The flow-on effects from that are being seen all over the country with the number of women's teams and girls' teams starting up. Um, there was an article today, the Eastern Football League is going from 37 women's teams up to 87 this year. Oh, um, so apparently the saviour of all these struggling local clubs has been to just let more people play. Funny, though. It's, um, you know... It's it's it, it might get a bit dicey out in the bush when uh, women that have traditionally played netball move over to football because uh, there's always been those links over there through the country and netball football programs. But uh, it's not just being seen in Victoria where this has happened, where the number of teams is going to rise by more than 100 next year for women alone. Um, it's also happening in Queensland to a lesser extent in New South Wales. South Australia is seeing uh, a number of teams come up. WA is seeing a number of teams come up as well. It's it's it's. I, I was very sceptical of the top-down approach from the word go, um, and I thought that more work had to be done on the ground routes, and I would have personally liked to not have seen a full-fledged AFLW competition start until 2020. But I yeah. think the way they've done it now has served as an inspiration for people to actually play the game. And I think that's just as important as having that grassroots but, framework. But now they need to, as you said, work on and mobilise that grassroots now. They need to give it that support now to well, I th- build I think, on that. I think that's what they're doing. And this was also touched on by uh, Todd Greenberg, the CEO of the Rugby League on uh, League Life the other night where he said that they couldn't start their own competition without the framework in progress uh, with the fr- framework in process at the start they, they couldn't do, they, they didn't want to do it the same way, they wanted to have that, that grassroots system going the thing with the NRL is I think they could start it straight off the bat but they would rob touch footy of so many people <laughs> Yes, yeah. that um, touch footy might not be impressed, and that uh, that alliance that they have there might uh, might suffer a little bit. Might be a little terse for a while there. Well, I don't think the top down approach will work for them as well, because if you ever look at the NRL, it's always about the community and the grassroots. Because I'm from the Newcastle region, it's always about the grassroots and building and building and building from there. And that's how they organise the leagues as well. It's a little bit different with the AFL; they're a bit more top down, as you said. Mm. Before we uh, move on, uh, the Lions and Suns both released a joint statement this week uh, saying that Pierce and Cian Hanley will be uh, wandering off to uh, Ireland for a little bit. Uh, that was revealed today to be because the younger brother, Tommy, had uh, passed away from cancer. So our thoughts and uh, prayers, if you're that way inclined, are with the Hanley family at the moment. Yep. So we move on to this round, and, uh, well, round two is always different, and if you're following us, Richmond have beaten, uh, sorry, yeah, Richmond have beaten Collingwood tonight by 19 points, mm. so we won't talk about that game at all, no point, uh, Collingwood have lost, that's all that needs to be said there, <laughs> um, there's, the only thing I like better than a Carlton win is a Collingwood loss. Yeah, but the problem is happy Richmond supporters. You need to weigh that up. Well, Richmond are two up. They won't be on top of the ladder at the moment. So. Oh, jeez, that's on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sleep well, people. The Tigers oh, are on top. T- tiger train. Now we'll start hearing about the Tiger Army mobilising and there'll be, you know, 
They'll win the flag or something. I mean, maybe getting rid of Vickery was the right move. Who knows? Uh, first up tomorrow night, uh, the Western Bulldogs have got Sydney at Etihad Stadium um, in a big match. It's going to be interesting. It's at Etihad too, so that leans towards the Western Bulldogs. They're a bit more. They seem to be a bit more sharper than the Swans. We've been saying that maybe the Swans had big cobwebs last week, but my prediction is the Bulldogs for that one. Well, Buddy has played uh, uh, Etihad well in the past, so. I, well, he plays everywhere well, generally, but I, I, I'd expect um, I'd expect the Bulldogs to win this one. Uh, not convincingly, but I'd expect them to win. Hawthorne have got Adelaide on uh, Saturday. A rare game for Adelaide at the MCG. Oh, it's very winnable for Adelaide. It's hard to choose. Uh, they're pretty good travels, so I'll, I'll go with Adelaide, but just. I'd like Hawthorne to lose. Oh, we all like that, yeah. Just uh, because the notion of going into a podcast next week with Hawthorne Norton 2 and right <laughs> down there with Carlton at Norton 2 will um, <laughs> we'll, we'll give me no end, of, <laughs> no end of pleasure to uh, give... Oh, it doesn't matter if he doesn't answer or not, I'm still going to give him grief over it. <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think this is very winnable for Adelaide. Um, so... I'm going to go for Adelaide on this one. GWS have Gold Coast on uh, on on Saturday afternoon. This game at Spotless Stadium, uh, first game for GWS at Spotless for this season. Um, I can't see any way Gold Coast win this. No, away away from home, I just don't trust them to no. win anything really. No, now I know Messenger will be watching this particular game, trying to cheer himself up after the Hawks lose. But it's Brisbane against Essendon at uh, the Gabba. Um, this game in some doubt due to the somewhat windy weather they've been having in Queensland and expected torrential rain um, over the last uh, couple of days, and expected up. It's although it is expected to clear up shortly. Um, Essendon for you. Yeah, just like Brisbane at home, they can be very tricky sometimes. Mm. One wonders what the turf manager's looking at the weather like and going, why are they playing on my turf? Why? <laughs> <laughs> they can always go down the road to Carrara. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd, be, that'd set the cat amongst the pigeons, wouldn't it? Oh, you'd expect Carrara to be even windier, wouldn't you? Um, West Coast have got St Kilda in Perth. Yeah, they'll rump that home, West Coast. <laughs> A uh, bit of a cloud over Nick uh, Rewalt as well, I think. So we'll see how we go there. But I expect West Coast to win this one fairly convincingly. Geelong and North, Sunday night, my friend. Uh, yeah, it's going, it's going to be interesting, actually. I don't think we're going to be as bad as people predict. I always say this, though. <laughs> at Eddie Had Stadium, surprisingly enough. I would have thought this would have been a Cadenia Park job. But obviously... Well, one of we've the, won down there before. So one, of, one of Geelong's contractually if, obligated games. Thanks to the AFL. Yep. Typically, we've had the board over Geelong, but Geelong's midfield's very good, and North's midfield is in transition. It's just, it's not quite, it's not going to be there for a couple of seasons, North mm. midfield. We're just tinkering with too much. But too much inexperience. I, I actually tipped Geelong in the tips, even though tipping against my own side. I don't like doing it, but Geelong's midfield's just too good. Mm. With Dangerfield. Melbourne and Carlton at the MCG Sunday afternoon. Well, I think it'll be an interesting match. I'm I tipping think. the Blues for an upset. 
I'm tipping the boy, and you know nah, why? Because I don't I, trust you on mod. Well, why would you? But still, <laughs> I'm, I'm tipping. I'm tipping the Blues on this one. Um, not because I think they'll win. I'm just hoping that they'll win. That's, that's I'm, I'm hoping. I think it'll be a big scrap in terms of a contest. I'll, I'll be tight, but the winner probably Melbourne by about three goals. Fair enough. Fair enough. And the last game of the round, of course, Port versus Fremantle at the Adelaide Oval. You'd expect uh, uh, Port to go through Port. with this. Yeah, Port easily. Fremantle's they're work in progress as well. It's just something just not quite. It's just something Sorry, not quite right with Freo, is there? It's an imbalance. Uh, they're brought in guys, but they're not sure what to do with them. Mm. What are you looking forward to the most from the round? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not nothing for a North supporter, but really tomorrow night, actually, I'm looking forward to it. It just looks like a really good match. I think I'm looking forward most to Messenger's head exploding when Hawthorne lose a second game. That's 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 what delights me the most. Um, there's nothing really to look forward to from a Carlton perspective. I mean, if Carlton win, that'd be great. But if they don't, and let's face it, most people expect them not to. Um, all I've Welcome, th- all I've got then is Collingwood losing and uh, Hawthorne losing. Really, to uh, write home about if Essendon could lose as well, that'd be great. But uh, end of the day, my team's going to lose, and all I've got then is to give Messenger grief about it. And that's what I live for these days. So, big hello to Messenger there, wherever he is, waiting for the Navy. Or maybe he's in the Navy. I am not sure, not sure anymore. In the Navy. Honestly, don't know. Um, look, I, I would explain a lot. Was it? Was there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight? Did you have anything in mind? Anything that's caught your nah, eye? That pretty much sums up my gloomy attitudes and forecasts and all. <laughs> well, Chief's going to be overwhelmed with this because we've finally got a podcast that's come in under uh, under the half hour mark. So, thank you very much for coming in, Kangas. No worries, mate. It's Thanks been, for been, me. been, been, uh, been a great uh, performance by you. And uh, thanks very much to me. I am the Wookiee, of course. Um, always uh, stellar performance from me. <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll catch you all on the forums. Thank you.